podcast um getting right into it the, tomorrow night i will be we're recording on a sunday i'm breaking the illusion we're recording on a sunday this week because on monday night i will be shut up john i'm gonna break up the fourth wall um <laughs> you are mr break the fourth wall. i That's am mr you break, break the fourth wall i'm gonna be at the 24-hour musicals um which is a fundraiser where some of the more most talented a- actors musicians composers Writers and producers get to get and directors get together to write four 15-minute musicals in 24 hours and perform them within the 24 hours. So they write, learn, and perform them within 24 hours. So, and, and who is going to be there tomorrow? One of the composers for one of the four musicals is Ben Folds. And who the here? Ben Folds? The Ben Folds. The one and only. And and who here is jealous of Matt right now? I am. I am. Yeah. So everyone here. Yes, except for except Matt. Except for Matt. Yeah, you know, I guess I'm kind of in the thick of it. Even Kirby's I don't know. Jealous. Have an out-of-body experience. Just tell us that you're jealous of yourself a little bit. If you were another person, you would be jealous of yourself. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course See, I would. That's what I thought. Leave Kirby out of this. Look at Kirby. He's smiling on the outside, but even he's seething a little. Um, for those of you who don't know, there's a Kirby in the room. Although, I don't know how you explain that. If there's a real Kirby here, that could scare people. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> um, also... Um, See, I went to see a documentary based on one of the first 24-hour musicals last night. And while I was there, I met Adam of the Film Wax podcast. And we, we, we chatted a bit. And he's actually interested in kind of doing like a co-beneficial partnership. So I'm going to give him an email and he see what we find out. He does movies. Yeah, it's a movie podcast. And... Which would be awesome because we haven't done a whole lot of talk. We, do, we talk about movies all the time, but we never really talk about movies. Do we yeah. have to like sign anything? Like a... Mutual protection pact or something? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Just checking. But um, have to sign a prenup. As, as long as he doesn't, does he do spam like we do? He doesn't I, do spam. I don't think so. He, okay. He's we, actually. We, we get to inherit his listeners, right? We can only hope. <laughs> I mean, if he mentions us, it couldn't hurt. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, so more to come with that as it develops. Um, also, we're starting to plan guests for next month. Um, one of those guests will be the infamous, although I don't know that she's that infamous. Uh, Kita St. Cyr of uh, burlesque fame, New York burlesque fame. Kita! I have to say that like Nux and Lugo did that one time. Yeah, that one time. Yeah, uh, that's how long ago you've been announcing her presence, I know. so she better be here on yeah. May 20th. It, it, well, it's mostly been my fault. I've been having trouble scheduling and just kind of been lazy about it. So she will be on in May, and we're, I'm hoping to have a few more guests on in May, too. We look forward to having you, Kita! Wow. <laughs> anyway, why don't we... Uh, uh, how how are you guys? How are you doing? How, how are you doing? How are you I'm doing? all right. I'm not gonna get to see Opus tomorrow. That a little sucks, down yeah. about that. Yeah, I, I, I remember I, you I telling was, me you were going to see. I them. wanted I my metal excited. fix. I saw them once before. Yeah, James's. They were good. Oh, speaking of metal, I'd found out very recently on another podcast. Listen to the Nerdist podcast. Rob Zombie was a guest on it. Mentioned that in May he has a new album coming out. He also has a new movie coming out next week. Great, Lords of Salem. <laughs> you sound excited. I've never seen any of his. Really movies. excited. For all, I, I just don't like them. The movies? 
most of what he does. I'm not that familiar not with him, fan to be him. honest. I can't even speak to this. But I'm not a heavy metal but fan I, guy. No, yeah. That's Rob Zombie, thing. I'm a big heavy metal fan, but his last album was not heavy metal, not good heavy metal anyway. But hopefully the new record will be good, and if it'll be bad, then we get to pan something, which we haven't really done I tried to do well, last we week. We have done. We just don't always prepare for it. That's true. Oh, we, we did in one case, I think. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, by the way, I went back and listening to some old Maroon 5 recently. Their second album was almost as strong as their first. They had some great pop tracks. Mm. It wasn't as alt-pop all as the first album, but the second album was still a solid album, which made me even more depressed at how bad Overexposed was. Mm. After realizing that they didn't completely tank until Overexposed. But whatever. Anyway, moving on. Random fact of the day. Yeah. Maroon 5 didn't always suck. Yes. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, also, I want to speak out to, and this may come up again if we actually do the record, but um, if you are someone who believes strongly in supporting gay rights, there's a song called Same Love by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, well known for Thrift Shop. Um, that was absolutely beautiful. It was a beautiful song, had great lyrics, and if you're a supporter of gay rights, you should share that song with everybody you know because it's one of the most intelligently written songs I've heard about gay rights, especially in the rap community. Mm. I just have to say, I still don't get the whole pink equal signs on the red background because it took me three weeks to figure out it was for equal rights. And that is not very good advertisement. There should have been a... They should have come up with well, something... It's a little bit I easier mean, I to think understand. It was, despite how fast you came upon the answer, I think there's still that idea like, huh, what's that pink equal sign? Huh, how come all these people are doing this? Huh? Oh, I wonder what that out. is. Maybe I should find it out. Oh, right, the internet can tell me in a second. No, I, didn't, I only saw one person with it until like three or four weeks after I first saw it, and people actually commented on someone having it, and then I realized, oh, that's not just some random logo someone put on their website, on their uh, Facebook profile. So what you're saying is you're a special case. Yes. Well, I'm very special. Oh, all right. Very, that's well, true. Well, this is very true. No denying that. Yes. Um, let's start getting right into a, our album of the week this week. It was John's pick. We did Paramore. 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 By, By Paramore. Paramore. Oh, Lord. Their self-titled album, the fourth studio release. Yep. Uh, it's been about two, three Confirmed years since Matt. their previous album. I think only two. I feel like it was only two since Brand New Eyes. Uh, no, so I believe oh, uh, I believe oh nine. Oh nine. I believe oh nine was okay. their last album. Okay. So it's been a little bit. Okay, it so hasn't been too long. Yeah. This isn't you know a hiatus. Uh, I think it went oh five, oh seven, oh nine. This is definitely the longest. Yeah. Gap. They've been but, I, but it came out towards the end of of oh nine, so a little a little. Well, first, you don't know the year, but now you know the month of the year. Because I remember when I... Well, I remember the month I got the album, so, yeah. November. Yeah. It was towards the end of the year. It was one of those Novembers he's had. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, the album. So, we'll get right into the first track, Fast in My Car, which, I mean, more or less, is very indicative of the track. It's kind of just a fast, fun, I just want to throw it out song. here. I was driving... While listening to this, it helps. So it helps I. a lot. No, it was a good car driving song. Actually, I make, I actually make car driving mixes for long car trips, and this song will definitely make it onto the next one I make. Fun guitars. I enjoyed the layering, but it seemed typical. You know, not what? standard, but a typical styled entry intro track. I think for, I gotta ask what, what you mean by typical. Yeah. 
I was not surprised by the the movements of the instruments. I was not surprised by the choice of words. It's, I'm not saying it's standard, where standard would be a formulaic style, but typical, it's more expectations were met. Um, I think they exceeded okay. them slightly because I interpreted this to be a little bit more fun. Yeah. Oh, because it was fun. Because it was enjoyable, I I I, I did enjoy it. I really liked the guitars in the intro. In because it was enjoyable, I, I enjoyed did it. enjoy it. Because the guitars were playful. <laughs> Your logic is impeccable. The, gu- <laughs> the guitars were playful. Yes. Yes. And it got your blood pumping. It also started the whole theme, the arc of the story of this album. Well, tell you what, I think this is about time I should probably just go into my own little intro about Paramore here. I generally enjoy what they do, and I find them to be a very fun band, period. And, to boot, I find them to be in a very similar, although not exact, similar in, I think, their way of getting the crowd going, their way of writing very catchy songs. It's kind of similar to Franz Ferdinand as of the mid-2000s. I could I'm going to make that comparison. I could see the comparison not in style, but as in, in stage presence. I can see that. Interesting thing is that I came across Paramore much later. And I associate it with fairly good things. So it, yeah, it could I think be Paramore a slight came out around bias. the same time, though. It came out around yeah. the same time, but their yeah. real popularity. Also, there's a lot of rock band. You know, yeah. they have their songs with rock band. So, of course, you can have fun while listening to Paramore. It's yeah. that kind of band. And as far as I'm concerned, those expectations were met immediately in this first track. Yeah. I'm driving around. I'm just, I mean, it's called Fast My Car. Yes. The lyrics are not terribly deep. It's about having fun. It's, it's. But it's a fleeting fun song yeah. with fleeting fun lyrics. Like, I think that that's very appropriate. And it can kind of a bouncy feel. It's held together it... by, by a couple of things. First of all, I really love Haley Williams' voice. She has a beautiful, beautiful Absolutely voice. beautiful. And it's powerful, too. Yes. And even when she's singing powerfully, yeah. you can hear the emotion behind it. It's it, little, little things she does to it. Little curlicues, you know, at the end of phrases and things like that. You can hear the breathiness in there. All of this stuff. Really, really... I, it, it's an attractive voice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That straight out. Yeah, no. I, yeah. Hands down, I agree. I did not find it in this track. I said, point blank, this felt weak. Well, vocally. I'm gonna... Uh, mm. I didn't... I can't say weak. I can't Me say neither. weak. I, I will say weaker than some of the other tracks in this album. Yes. But it was balanced by the melody itself. Yes. I enjoyed the melody enough, and I also enjoy the fact that... This is going to go a little bit of a musical tangent here, minor one. Just in the way... Just on the note that she says... Car. Just on that note itself... Yeah. Falls on an F sharp. I actually checked this because I was wondering what... Why... It's like a half step down. When she actually says that note. And when she goes in that half step down, I noticed that there was something slightly deeper about that one phrase, that one moment. Going to the little mm-hmm. micro moment of the song here. The and I was wondering why that was. Moment. Yes, the micro micro, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or the macro micro or the macro micro. No, this is the micro micro. Oh, the micro micro. This, Not the macro This is the, the nanosecond. And I was wondering why is that. And I just realized... She's actually mimicking a ninth chord. Despite going back and forth between, I think, 1 and 5 or 1 and 4, whatever it was, this actually falls on a bit of a 4-9, I think. It was a ninth chord. Ninth Ooh. chord is not common. I'm sorry, it's not very common for a standard, uh, fun indie track. And ninth chords are usually pretty powerful moments in almost anything classical, jazz, definitely jazz. Yeah. It's a fleeting little moment, but it's worked, it worked really, really well in this song. 
yeah. it made me enjoy it. I think a ten, just because of that one moment. Yeah, ten times more than I would have otherwise. That's fair. I mean, there are a lot of songs that I found little things bring the song up to a whole new level just because it, it kind of hooks you in. Yeah, like how many times we just said, oh, I love that high note right there. You well, know? it's like, remember the, and you used to make fun of me for doing the hand motion for the, the one Matchbox 20 song um, where his voice would go, like the, the keyboard note would go up during the chorus. Yeah. And every time I heard it, I would do that because it's one of those exactly. little moments. Exactly, a little, little check mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. and, and This I, is just a little half step. It's, just, it, it's, it's a bit of a dissonance, a slight dissonance, and that's the ninth chord is what I'm telling you creates that. And then the, the next song, Now... What? No. Oh, no? No, I wanted to say something. I was interrupted a while ago. Fair enough. Didn't get a chance to say... Okay. I had We're to go just... on that tangent, because I needed to prove what about this fairly simplistic song was attracting me so much. We're. St- I'm going to start right here to mention it. This is the actual first step in a very comprehensive arc of this album. I'm not going to really go into what the arc exactly is, but this is almost a running away song. A moving forward song. Yes, thanks for moving me toward uh, theme here, because it it is true. This is very much, it's not just about having, to, you get the sensation. It's not just I think. fast in my car, it's not just You have the around. sensation of having fun, but there is a meaning there I don't want there that is, to be lost on anybody. There is a going from A to B. Yes. Very much so. Now, track two. Which was called Now. That's what I... that. Now. Uh, <laughs> um, so this one also had a, a vocal moment, much like what Steve was talking about, that at first actually I didn't like, where she kind of stutters the chorus, but at, upon a second listen, I actually really liked it. Like it got Let's just sing really it. Catches. We can sing things under five seconds, right? Ow, 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 ow. That's it. Yeah, That's what she I, does. The chorus is addictive. It yeah, is it really, really catchy. I, I'm, I'm going to be blunt. Yes, it is kind of in this very teenager, like, you know, bopping up and down kind of manner, but it, it is addictive. It was I really don't catchy. I don't really care how simplistic it is. It's just, it's catchy. Yeah. And that said, the rest of the song is not so shallow. No. At all. It's mostly, look, there's a lot of impact in the verse, but in the chorus, it's kind of really shallow and kind of just catchy, I uppy. Found, I found the verse... Fun, but the lyrics really didn't move me. I enjoyed the message, but there was nothing that stood out in these verses to me. Nick, you, I, I can accept that. This is definitely a case where I was just drawn to the music. Yeah. It was yeah. it was the bouncy nature of the verse in general. And also the fact this didn't follow standard structure. I really love the bridge work here. And also uh, the way the guitars complement the, the building of the lyrics. The, I... Again, I can't recall exactly. You're right. The lyrics are not terribly memorable, especially if you just now ow 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 ow. But like, it... but the chorus is still memorable because of how it's sung, even though the lyrics themselves are not memorable. Exactly. It's and one then... of those things where it's not what she's saying; it's how she's saying it in that specific moment is what hooks you. Yeah, and then the guitar complements it. The guitar actually has this little yeah. bend where it just rises up with her voice. It's absolutely beautiful. What I like about Paramore as a band is that. They're not the most exceptionally talented band on the market, but they're... I think they're good writers. But, but they're, Very good, they're writers. good writers and good performers with great moments peppered within this album and even their live performances, what I've yeah, seen of. That's, exa- that's exactly how I'd put it. You know, they have this kind of... 
Okay, I'm just laughing because this is my pick, and the two of you are so joygasming all over this right now. Yeah, well, we had all had it. But that's the thing: we all had experience with Paramore. You chose something that we all kind of you and know. It, it wasn't. I'm. I'm it's still. I haven't hit my peak yet. Right. I haven't been enraptured by the album yet, which it seems like you two already are. Uh, it hooked me pretty early, yeah. Yeah, after this second track, I had very high expectations. Although now, I have a segue. But before you get that, uh, how, however, we'll set up before before <laughs> b- last week's album. After the first two tracks, I had very high hopes. Also, so at, at this point on now, I was leery because again, I didn't love the course the first time I heard it, but it continued to perform better than last week's There's record. Always hope. Meh, sometimes you get a little jaded. But anyway, your segue. Grow Up hooked me. Oh, the the third song, okay. It had... Interesting might be the word. It's not quite the correct term, but it had it had not even unique... I don't know how to describe it. The synth work was intriguing. It was, That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. And it was a very upbeat and powerful song, too. Now, it also was... A political song, and not a standard political song. This was a song that was calling out those kids that pretend they're savvy, that try to change the world, but don't actually do anything. My favorite line from this song. Stand in line for so long just to pick it, something I will never understand. Aren't you tired of always being mad at the world? Won't you just admit you don't care? I love that. It's pretty. I powerful. love that. Well, ain't that sweet? <laughs> it's calling out all the people that don't do things about the world yet complain about it. They, they talk a big game but don't actually do anything. Now, I personally talk a big game, but I also do donate. I do help out. Of course. I try to make the world a better place. I know plenty of people who don't, who complain, who go, "Oh, we should have been this way, should have been that way." Don't do anything. I love grow up. Actually, you know what? I think. I'm going to take a little bit of a opposite tone as you here. Only because I know that you're going to go very, very lyric and very, very theme-heavy. That's fine, because as you should, there's definitely a lot to say about this album. But, at some point, I think that I just gotta say, it's a little bit more about the moment to me than the overall message in this particular... Not this, but just... This particular track, as well as the previous track, and many other moments on this album. Okay. Because this track, I felt that it was kind of a step back musically, but only from the theme that they had been building for the previous two tracks. Not that I'm not that I'm holding to any strong standard after only two tracks. But the thing is, they went very, very '80s heavy with this track. This was like a morality anthem, something you'd expect, you know, to really hit the top of the charts in that. 80s pop teach you a lesson kind of thing that everyone's going to join hands and and sing along with and it's a lot of that does speak to the theme that you just mentioned all we are saying is give peace a chance yeah mm-hmm. kind of exactly that mm-hmm. in a way but poppy yes but poppy and that's the thing that's a bit of a step back from the previous track the previous track I feel had brought me a bit to a deeper heavy rock level. And that's kind of what I wanted at this point. I wanted more of that. Like, you said you didn't get much about out of, uh, out of theme or out of lyrics from the previous track. I, I don't know. I'm kind of going back on myself that because there was this one line that just the moment that I said the guitar was going up 
you know, along with her voice. It was as she said the line, there's a time and a place to die and this ain't it. I think that's a powerful line alone. And it's just one line. It's not an overall theme, but it's almost summed up by that line and the way that she sings it. Now, yeah, as I, good I, as, the thing is, as, as much of a more fulfilled theme as you get from this next track here, Grow Up, I don't have the moment by moment, wow. I'm not drawn in, in that, uh, micro micro. <laughs> you know, it's, Micro macro micro. Yeah. The momentary basis just didn't hold Nearly. me. It's like, yeah, it had 80s sound effects, and that was very, very nice. And it was catchy. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah, but catchy, you could describe a good chunk of this album just with the word catchy. I mean, a lot of the songs. Yeah, but I wouldn't, know. I would not say that about the, the line that I just mentioned. There's a time and a place to die in the no, same no, 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 That no, was no, a no. very powerful breakdown at the end of at that the, track. At the same time, it wasn't just at the end of the track. That was a repeated line of the chorus. I kind of found it a little cliché. Well, I found the the verbal sparring of Grow Up much more enticing. Then that's exactly why I brought up this whole entire tangent because I think that we're going to be on op- we're going to be inversed from each other in many ways. Yeah. Like I found the music to be more in to be deeper, I guess and less cliché in the previous track and more cliché here. And you found the theme to be more cliché in the previous track and you know, less so here. Oh, okay. Just thought I mentioned that. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention it. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's what John says when he has no comment. I like hey, both. started. Bested him. No, you <laughs> started. You started sure. I liked I? both tracks. I don't remember that. Both so, tracks were good. Oh, God. I liked both tracks. No, I mean, <laughs> now definitely stood out more to me because of, of that chorus. But theme-wise, neither track really gripped me. I start... The theme, the theme of the album started to grip me more towards the end of the album, actually. There were certain tracks that it, the theme really stood out. And like in the next track, track four, I thought they were they were trying to be more... I hate using this word epic because we kind of throw it around a lot. But, but the, it's what they were trying to do in Daydreaming. They were kind of going for this kind of sweeping feeling. It's... Okay, Daydreaming. But it wasn't there enough. Epically introspective. That's what they were going mm-hmm. for. It was reminiscent of so much of the 90s. It felt like so many sad, slow songs from so many different albums, from so many different yeah, I made a rock alt bands. Yeah, I made a comparison to Alanis Morissette. It was, it had a, it, it, it felt like a step back in the overall theme of the album, message-wise. Yet, I accepted it, especially with the next track, but I accepted it in its overall, what it was saying. It was talking about, I don't want to be in this reality. I want to be in my dreams. I want to escape to my dreams. I want to be out of school. I want to be out of my work. I want to be out of my life. I want to be somewhere else. I want to think big and go there. Well, see, I buy it here more than the previous track. And I guess that's the only reason I was making a little uh, side note about theme here. It's because a lot of this stuff, I think, is in retrospect. I don't think it's stuff you're going to pick on up on a first listen, necessarily. I think, I think the thing... I, Sometimes, I mean, depends. In this particular case, I th- I, going off Paramore's history, I think their strongest work will be that which grabs you musically on the first time around. And my issue with Daydreaming is that it just seemed a little bland in its epicness. It yeah. had Well, that's what I said. It was sweeping, but not sweeping enough. It yeah, had, I agree. It had a lovely breakdown towards the end. It course, did, yeah. Very it was, lovely. It I, I, I agree with that. But lovely is the most powerful term I can think yeah, of for it. Yeah, it's not yeah. much more I can't of go it. past it lovely. Was, it's it was, almost it was novel. tempered. 
Yeah, I yeah. think. Yes. It was a prudent breakdown. <laughs> it's like they've abided by some kind of unwritten rule here, but, you know... They... No, yeah, they kind of... Like, because I feel like they could have gone so much further with it, but they didn't. They kind of were content yeah. to get near the edge and just kind of stop. Yeah. I'm making, these points, set... I'm making these points to prove why I was on such a high at the end of the second track and why these left me with little question marks at the end. These two. But but yet needless to say this track wasn't bad. It was it was pretty and it was it was a good track. It just I feel like it could have been great. Yes. This had yes. potential to this be great. This could have been of the caliber I think of the first two tracks. Yeah, I agree. It had it there. Yeah. But I feel these first four were setting up the oh, overarching yeah. story of the album and that's why I thoroughly love the interludes and here's our first right. interlude moving on. Matt, Matt, this is one of three <laughs> ukulele tracks on the record where it's pure, just ukulele, a little bit of percussion, and Haley Williams singing. I think she was the one playing the uke also, but I'm not 100%. The uke? Yep. Don't shorten ukulele. Actually, ukulele artists do it all the time, and I've met a few who just play ukulele, and they usually refer to it as a uke. You, you don't play, you're not, you're, not, you're not a ukulele artist. Well, obviously, I don't play a ukulele. This... <laughs> you could be the Uke Duke. This interlude. The Duke of Uke. For all its sweetness in the ukulele. Like York. I get it. We got him. He's going to fucking hurt you. That was me hitting Steve. This interlude was full of the angriest sweetness I've ever heard. It was passive aggressive. It wasn't passive aggressive. It was aggressive. Pa- it was aggressive, but with sugar on top. It's it's sweet sounding, chipper ukulele and singing, with lines like "I've counted to ten and I'm feeling all right." And besides, I'm moving on, and it's just I'm moving on. No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm moving on. You can hear the teeth start grip gritting, and it's just so ooh, it cat it caught me. On this on this uh, thematic observation of yours, I'm in complete agreement with you, and I do see that juxtaposition very clearly. And yes. also, I, I was very supportive of this particular um, interlude. Juxtap- juxtapa- juxtaposition. I haven't heard that word spoken out loud ever. Actually, I'm sure we've said it before. In the no, yes. Not, no, Yes, we have. Not in several weeks, though, it's true. No. Um, this is so, let me be clear that I don't think this minute and ten second ukulele song was bad. I liked it. It was, it was catchy, and the theme was definitely there. But... My biggest problem with it is I've interludes in the past to me have always been sketches or little like spoken word stuff. I just feel like this could have just been a song, like to label it a little interlude, other than to break it up into acts like you had mentioned off the air. I just feel like it could have just been a song. It could have just been track five, moving on, which happens to be a ukulele track. And you make feels, a fair point here. And it's also so out of place for the record, as we see later. These ukulele tracks are unlike anything else on the record. But that's the thing. I'll agree with you later. I'll be, I'll be there to back you on on the next one. Right. But this one I do think worked because right. we've already had a little bit of a hodgepodge of style at this point. Even though I wanted more of the first two tracks in that right. kind of uh, you know indie style, uh, we've I think it's clear that they're showing more variety in this album. Yeah. Therefore, I accepted the Uke interlude. Just saying. I just not you, Uke. I didn't say you. You said Uke. I did. You were saying, Matt? <laughs> I just think, like I said, I'm, I'm in no way saying it was bad. I just would have loved it to just not have been labeled an interlude. I think if it were just considered a song, I think it would have been 
just as strong as having to put put attention on it being an interlude. Other than for what you're saying about it being an act it was, breakup. It, this was a three-act play yeah. with a uh, soliloquy at the end. So, so moving on to the next track, track six, Ain't It Fun. I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs on the records. It was very, very clearly 80s. Like, when it first started, I looked at Stephen what, Paul Abdul? Paul Abdul. I, I mean, it had very a very... much Paul Abdul. Paul Abdul I, kind of sound, pure what, 80s. By this point, I had to make, like, a... General sweeping statement. <laughs> I yeah. had to make the general sweeping statement because it seems like in a lot of albums we're listening to, and just in general, everyone is having these 80s nostalgia moments lately. I don't know if it's just the age of the people that are writing and they're remembering what it was like in childhood because everybody likes to have that last hoorah before they really grew up. <laughs> that Maybe, might be but something I mean, to do with it. It could just be influenced based on the bands they like. Maybe Haley Williams likes Paul Abdul. Again, that Maybe, has to do with their age. Yeah, no, that's true. Maybe it's because this song is specifically about leaving high school. Oh, look at for you. For them. Pull out theme again. Yep, Maybe. here we go. This is a talking about high school's over. And you know what, Jock? Remember how you were the shiz in high school and everybody bowed to you? Well, guess what? You're a small fish in a big pond now, and I love the story that it tells. The lyrics in this the are... The wake-up call. The lyrics, I mean, this it's a, a fun-sounding song, so a song called Ain't It Fun being a fun-sounding song is great, but the lyrics are so sarcastic and so kind of like... I was getting weedist. Yeah. I mean... Like that's, Teenage Dirtbag that's kind how, of thing, that's what, yeah. I was, it was channeling that sort of a message of uh, uh, childhood meets adulthood. Okay, but let's talk about the gospel choir. That's the detractor. That's the detractor of this Because I don't feel like that necessarily added to the theme that you just described. No. no but problem. I don't really think it detra- I don't agree with John that it detracts from the song either. I think it was just kind of not necessary, but I don't think it really hurt the song either. I feel like... No, the- I, and, I mean, it's still... I admire what they were trying to do, but it was, it was the first moment where I started to question the uh, level of... Not experimentation, but they're waning from the, you know... From their style, I guess. From their sound. Their core sound. This was a little strange to me. It was a strange choice. I felt because of the gospel, the song started to wear too long on me. The The repetition involved in the gospel, because you can't just sing one line as a gospel choir. It has to be repeated or else you're not actually getting a gospel choir. And because of that, it propagated the song a little bit too long that I was getting bored. Alright, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I didn't feel it ran too long, but I could see what you mean. Yeah. By the time the second Otherwise, the choir came excellent. in twice, but by, by the still... second time the choir came in, it did seem a little long. But I didn't get bored with it. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's it's definitely not anything boring. It's it's more of a general. Uh, it's you another question mark. It. It's another question it. mark at the end. I don't know. I wouldn't even say cut it. I still think it was a strong song on the album. Uh, not strong. No, no, not the a song. Strong. Cut the gospel. Okay, I'd buy that. Excising that. The thing is, they have so many other great ways to do outros. I don't think it was as necessary, and it never came back. We never got another gospel moment. That's we get true. similar moments. Yeah. Later on, yeah. Um, and moving on to track seven. So this was a clever creation. There are plenty of rock bands in the past who have done Metallica being one of the more famous ones. Unforgiven, Unforgiven Two, Unforgiven Three, which was terrible. Mm. Um, <laughs> Um, this song is called Part 2. He's so sad about it. <laughs> Part 2 is actually a sequel song to... What was the... the uh, it Begins With Fire? 
the fire is beginning, something with flames. The fires are burning, they're starting. It was on the previous album. Yeah. And, and, it, 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 uh, um... You were supposed to write this down. Yeah, that was your job. Actually, I thought Steve <laughs> said he was writing it down. No, oh, I didn't. <laughs> Nobody said that. Um, it begins with Flame, I believe, was the name of the song. Um, from their, um, second album, Riot. This is a direct sequel to it, and the best part is, it starts with the same exact lyric. No, no, no. That's not the best part of it. The best part of it, it starts with an... 80s slanted version of the original riff. intro riff. More, with, more 80s because it's like a men at work kind of crisp guitar sh- effect. This is a part of her life that she's trying to explain. She just go with it right now. And it also does <laughs> sort of like a polarized version of the guitar riff that introduced the song and starts with the same lyrics. What a shame. Old. Same opening lyrics. It yep. was actually it, it was repeated in the, and it was repeated in part two in the first in the, the first time you heard it in the in the first version of the song, it's just what a shame and then the rest of the line. Whereas this it goes what a shame what a shame, and then the the full line of uh, the full lyric, which I thought was kind of great actually. Now this is once again where I have to point out it felt typical, not standard. It had that typical I, feeling I, again. I can't get on board with that. But it was yeah, extremely fun. I disagree. I thought it was it beautiful was ext- and melodic. I, I thought, think this yeah. was one. Of, this was one of the more standoutish songs yeah. on the album. I, I did have my issues with it, but they were a little bit different. I my but issue that, that, that here. That wasn't done. You've been I'm, talking, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but I never. I, I like to talk. I know that's noticeable. Uh, the thing is, the chorus had nothing to do with the verse. Yeah. Or uh, that's a strong statement to make. It's not that it had nothing to do with the verse. I felt that. They were they were building something very soft, very sweet as of the verse. As the entire intro to the song was very introspective. Oh, and glory. then when they dropped that chorus, I just felt like we, we had gone back to kind of standard hard rock. Right. Not the not even the fun hard rock. It was just kind of standard hard rock. So you know what? I'll I'll take that back a little bit. The chorus, I'll agree with you, John. Okay. The chorus had standard elements to it, but there was a few lines, and there was one major aspect that was just phenomenal. We're going to talk about the amazing aspect, the drums. Yes, well, this is the instrumental. So after the chorus, after the standard chorus, I'm done with that, I'm kind of past that, they blended it really well back into the A section. It was one of those cases, you know, where the A it, and B, the, eh. the beat in this was extremely complicated, the percussions were extremely intricate, and they kept the whole song moving. They brought back the riff of the A section during that instrumental. And the the thing is, as a whole, I just enjoyed all of what they were building here. It, it was a, probably the, more, the most introspective... No, wait, I cannot say the most introspective There was a way more introspective track later on, yeah. Much later on. Um, but... But no, th- yeah, this song, I thought it was beautiful and it was powerful and... All those fun buzzwords that we use for lots of different things that, that kind of strike certain chords. It had great huh. lines. The When she would sing, Oh Glory, and just bring it all the way down, it was I, I, chills. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's the sweet part that I wanted to continue throughout the chorus. But it's okay. I'm going to let that slide well, because of the instrumental. The instrumental in music, which is why we're here, it brought all of that whole theme, it brought it to fruition. She didn't even have to say anything. I am I'm impressed by a moment in which Haley Williams cannot sing and I'm still impressed. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Okay. That's a point worth mentioning. You gotta remember, the chorus had extremely good lyrics with lines like, Yes. You will find me dancing all alone to the sound of an enemy's song. 
So far, this album has had, while some of the lyrics were forgettable, plenty of places to cite they created poetry. They created something touching. Yes. To me. Yes. It was great. This is why I think you wanted more of her voice. This is why I think you were originally down on the instrumental, come to think of it. Initially, your first reaction here was, was that you wanted pa- more. You wanted passe. Haley back. Yeah. You wanted I, Haley back, and you, you were like, all right, come on, let's wrap this the, the, these instruments up. Even though I felt it, it really uh, attached itself to the song, I think it pushed it in more direction. I was satisfied with it because they did eventually bring her back. And they brought her back in the final chorus, and I think, uh, I think I'll actually uh, quote that right now. Like the moon, we borrow a light. I am nothing but a shadow in the night. So if you let me, I will catch fire. So let your glory and mercy shine. I think that's a beautiful line right there. It is. Yeah. It that's is something a that I caught. Yeah, I didn't want to write that one down. I made you write that one down. Yes. I've written too much already for this yes. album. Well, that was the... This is also where I think, you know, I don't know how you can say that her. she's not... That she's not... Her vocals? You didn't say she's, you didn't say she's not a good singer, but you didn't say she's... I felt like this was she said still not showcasing her proper talent. There's that not word proper word. again. The word no, proper no, no, kind of no. bothers me. I'm it gets talking about my skin. previously. She has. Uh, she. I feel like she sounded better than no. what's been shown nope. so far in this album. Nope. She's right up there as she's always been. Yeah. Her voice. She's singing is as good, if not better, in this record. Definitely as good as the last record. Then sure. maybe I'm hoping. Uh, maybe I kind of wish she was better than she used to be. Uh, that makes sense. Nostal- that no, nostalgically, I remember distinctly going, "Wow, she sings beautifully," and I didn't get that same wow feeling in this album. Uh, I guess it depends on what you're focusing on. I, I personally love her turn of phrase. Well, also, like there's songs here I could put side by side with songs from this album or in the second album, even the first album, and the singing style is the same, if not better. Because yeah. there were actually songs on this record that sounded like songs from uh, Brand New Eyes, which was their last record. Okay. Last Hope. Yes. Moving forward. We so, have to. Last Hope is the next track, track eight. Um, I, this is one of the first tracks I started to really notice the outro. It had a very good kind of solid outro um, for the song. It had a nice pretty acoustic guitar in it that was prevalent very much in the beginning. Acoustic electric. It acoustic wasn't, electric. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't pure acoustic. Well, yeah. start at the beginning. I mean, the thing is, I, I did notice initially that it had a very pop element too, but it was a 50s pop element. Yeah. It kind of brought back that major one, minor six, uh, sad, introspective. You know, it, it's, it's definitely a sad song. I, it's sweet in its sadness, though. I learned so much from... Steve, on a technical t- standpoint of what music is. Well, there's no shortage. 6-1? Six, six uh, major 1, minor 6. Major 1, minor 6. It starts off with those first two chords, and then a lot of others will do different things afterward. This one actually did different things, but it was something I noticed as of those first two chords. And it's... I mean, the song is entitled Last Hope, so clearly that wasn't by accident. And this Last Hope built... It- it yes. had extensive, excellent layering in the instrumentation. Really kept doing different things with different sounds of the instruments. <laughs> it kept, was different. <laughs> no, kept breaking it down and rebuilding it separately. After uh, each chorus verse section, it was interesting. I'll tell you this, I enjoyed the verses more than I did the choruses because that's when I got more Haley than noise. Yeah. Well, you always enjoy the verses the, the, more than choruses. So this, no, no, that's not true at all. 
Not true at all. Dude. I'm this making is... a sweeping statement, and you should agree. <laughs> I should. Yeah. Um, it also, I thought the lyrics were very powerful in the song. I really liked the message. I liked what she was saying. I'm sure John has a sampling. It's not that I don't feel the pain. It's just I'm not afraid of hurting anymore. I mean, that's yeah. just... That's kind of clear as At day. this point, my feels are through the roof. I am so enraptured by what this woman is saying. And the blood in these veins isn't pumping any less than it ever has. And that's the hope I have. The only thing I know that's keeping me alive. There's, this is such a personal message. Yeah, there is, definitely. This is a personal so song from, from the heart. But, that said. I want to give her a this. hug. Let's just mention this. We did take issue, for this exact reason, we took issue with the fact that there was occasionally those moments where the chorus steps in. The other and, singers, the backup singers. Yeah. The I felt that was a detractor. I didn't need him. Yeah. I didn't necessarily want him there because I just wanted to hear Haley and her personal message. But again, I don't think It took that me it, out of the moment a little when they spoke. I guess, but I don't really think it hurt the overall song. I think it's still... A, yeah, this is a very minor nitpick, yeah, all and, things considered. Uh, I mean, it's just, it was such a powerful... Uh, uh, that's the thing I kind of like. I actually really like about Haley Williams and Paramore in general. Is this is a band that clearly writes from the heart, even if the songs aren't always complicated or aren't always introspective. They're clearly always writing from from the heart. You, there's a lot of feels in these songs. I agree, and this was another one of those moments where I was about to say, "Hmm, this is another one of the stronger tracks in the album." I found myself saying that uh, quite a few times. That that's really upping the stakes here. Yeah. With the exception of Anthem, I would have counted this as the best song on the album. The Anthem singing just took away that personal level a little bit too much for me, and it hurt it a little. Still a great song. Now, this is where I had a bit of a divide. Personally, I had a divide after this track. Because as of the next track, Still Into You, I took this to be more of a standard pop track. It's again throwback to the '80s, more of that. Yeah, um, and it, it was actually pretty much ripped right out of Madonna's '80s playbook. I mean, yeah. the song pretty much the sounded sound like were 80s it was well. very Material Girl in its sound effects yeah. and the the style of singing. Yeah. I'm not imagining this '80s thing. It's there. No. It, it, oh no, it's, it's, it's there rampant in, in, in this different record. ways. It comes back in different aspects. Sometimes it's the arena aspect. Sometimes it's the the campy synth. Sometimes I think they're just being ironic. I mean, they could be. I mean, but I don't think it's just for the sake of it. I think they kind of are playing off of that 80s thing on purpose. I think they're playing I, off the juvenile aspect. Because, let's face it, there's definitely a juvenile aspect to the 80s. I have to go back to the meta theme of this album. And I think and that's the juvenile aspect I'm talking about. Yeah, it's... Still Into You is... She's... Okay, it's not the I Can't Get Over You song. It's We're Still Together from back in high school. We've always been in love. We always will be in love. Which is why I think why it still has that 80s feel. I'm saying the music sort of, at this point, is matching up with the life story they're telling here. Again, I appreciate you looking deeper into it. But, but it read like a diary entry from a 16-year-old girl. That's the yeah. problem. And a we had been moving forward until this but we had been this moving is a step the, back. the entire theme and this is definitely a theme you you don't have to squint to find there's a theme of progression uh not just getting older gro- growth. being a, yeah growth it's growth personal, in general personal growth 
yeah. more than anything else, but growth in general. Moving towards something in your future, leaving now, the old stuff behind. This, this a, a cliche, revisited it. a cliche 80s forgettable diary entry. Yeah. That's my entirety of notes. But, step back. That said, it still had a little bit of the catchy element. Yeah. And that catchy element, which is, is the reason why I felt like we took another downhill step on track 10. Ankle biters was exactly what I just said. Everything about the pop kind of, you know, meant for the teenagers, maybe even the teenagers that are, you know, don't even have it all together quite yet. But it didn't have the catchy element. You don't yeah. have that holding there, you. They don't have n- that anchoring you. There was no real hook in this song. It was no just hook one at of those all. things where... I haven't spoken in like 20 minutes. Hush up, John. Angle Biters is one of those throwaway tracks where it just... It, it felt almost vapid. Almost. It, there was enough paramour in it to keep me a little bit grounded, but it just... It wasn't... I wasn't invested in the song. It didn't have the emotional connection. It didn't have... It didn't feel from the heart like the other tracks did. I that theorized was my problem. that this would have a better effect uh, in concert. Because, to be honest, let's... It some, felt like a live track. Yeah, sometimes when you're, when you're sitting through live tracks, there are some tracks that you're going to tune out a little bit on. I, I just have had that experience, and I don't think I'm the only one. And I think this is one of those. This is, it's a passive listening kind of track. That's why there's no hook. Yeah. Is repudiation a word? Um, I don't even have the time or the <laughs> energy to address. This track, Ankle Biters, is refuting Still Into You. This is the angry answer to Still Into You. It is purely throwing the album back on theme. While not the most imaginative or enticing of lyrics was directly speaking to the previous track. I just feel like... She's fed up with this love of her life, is angry with him, is fighting with him, and that's why I thoroughly like the next interlude. But I just think that this track, even with it anchoring the theme, not really a great... It's a... It's a a reason, not an... It's an explanation, but not an excuse. It doesn't excuse the fact that it's not great, but it's a reason... For why it's there. And I also feel like you're doing the Robbie Williams thing with this particular track, John. I think you're 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 really giving it a lot more meta credit than it might deserve. It's I don't know. Is that what Metacritic Metacritic gives out? Metacredits? Uh do they give out credits at all? No. No. <laughs> um it's point system. Right? Next we hit our next interlude track, which is Holiday. It's another this ukulele track. Is the introduction to the breakup. But as a track and as a song or even an interlude song or whatever you want to call it, it was kind of just empty and not necessary. And this is where I said I was gonna back Matt on this one because It just I, seems so out of place. That's I, it's context. I cannot as much as I enjoy her ukulele tracks. I cannot accept this uh, in context of what surrounds it. So I'll mention the previous two tracks. We've already we've already gone through that. I don't feel like they added anything to the album. I feel like they kind of detracted. Therefore, I don't know what to feel in terms of the act nature anymore here. And I I think that's going to move us pretty quickly. Unless you have anything to say particularly about this interlude, John, that moves well, us pretty quickly it, to the following track. Which I thought it it still did a proper in. scene change. Uh, but did you really feel that scene change as of track 12, Proof? Yes. You felt a distinctly new tone here? Sadness. This is the first time, and I'm not saying 
Sadness hasn't been in these these tracks before, but I was getting sadness more of proof. Yes, really, I don't see yes. it. Yes, I don't see it. She's... I thought we're still in Popland here. You could be sad. Oh, all right, yeah, you're, that's true. That was a. Uh, I mean, I like statement that was incorrect. Don't, that was overreaching and don't, I mean, don't get but me wrong. But it's true. We have had sadness before here. I but, felt much more in-depth sadness in part two and last hope than I did here. This was a little shallow. That's what I meant, you know, by pop. Because pop can be very shallow. And I think that's an overreaching statement. This is the part where she, she, she's kind of looking back and going, oh, I kind of wish we didn't break up. I'll come to you if you, if you ask me to. That's what she's saying. It was still, it, uh, you know what? I'm taking it from a theme point of view. Song point of view? That's sweet. Not very good song. All right. Wasn't very good. All right. So All right. At least I got you with that. But I have to, this one, this album's going to be a heavy arc album for me, and I still see it fitting in. It's not terrible, but it's, it's, def- it's a little bit of a step up from, uh, from, uh, whatchamacallit, tracks 9, and, nine and 10. I mean, Proof, I just thought it had a strong beat. It it was the kind of one of the first pure rock sounding tracks on the record where it wasn't as much influenced by as much pop as the the other tracks. It showcased you know longing I'm extremely not gonna, well. I'm not gonna dwell on this too much because I think it would, after all, be an easy fix that if if done in just this way, would totally work with your whole theory here, John. Switch track eleven and twelve. Keep the t- track twelve. Another pop track with the other pop tracks. Make the interlude right after that because then we have track thirteen, and this song is sad, yeah, really sad. True. Actually, you know and what? You're, you're perfectly right. Perfect. Holiday <laughs> came a track too soon. You're right. Yeah, I think that would work. I because think that would really still into you. Here. Ankle biters would have been. I love you. I'm angry with you. We broke up. Exactly. We. It's it's just a holiday. moment that I reach. I have holiday to scene change. And. Hate to see your heart break, which is a little sarcastic. It was very moving, though. It was I, I was this is shades totally of, th- of thank you this, for breaking my heart. Yes. A little, yes. yes. That yes. By Ben Folds. I think it, it was very much in that same vein of a sad track that's supposed to make you feel sad, but so beautifully sad. The inverse and, of that, because it's not breaking my heart, it's right. I have to break your heart. Exactly. It doesn't this, please me to do it. This once again personalizes... The entire album. I'm also going to say here, this completely... This is the inverse. In tone, this is the inverse of the past few tracks that we've had. This is not pop in the slightest. This is very alt. Very alt. This is introspective. uh, To the most extreme degree. Um, I'm even going to go back to a comparison that I said very hazily last week when I was talking about a particular One Republic track that I compared to Burning Paris. Right. But I said that they had tried to get there, and they didn't achieve it. Burning Bridges? No, The Burning Paris. It's a band. Oh, okay. The band Burning Paris, yeah. And in this case, I think they did achieve it. He did say it. Maybe you should go back and listen. I did listen. It's been recorded. I did listen. Not well enough, apparently. Well, I don't don't remember that track well enough to even cite the name of the track. There's a bunch of World War II jokes I could make. There was only one track there. Which I felt, you know, they were trying to go... It was probably the most... I, I give One Republic credit for trying. But that's not the point I'm trying to make here. The point I'm trying to make is having that in my recent memory. I listened to this track and I felt like Paramore succeeded in it. This tells me instantaneously that Paramore has so much more re- ability than, you know, a band like One Republic. This is... Uh, we're going to go with instrumentation. And so much more of a genuine nature to them. 
and her. Like I said, it leads back more to her writing from the heart. Yes. That gives it this gen- and and you feel the connection in this song, especially with I mean, it's the sweet lyrics, the violins. I mean, violins make everything better, just about. But oh, no, 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 no. They complemented the chorus, and it wasn't just violin chords. This was actual playing violin work that was. It wasn't just peppered with violin. It was. It wasn't just violin work. It was good violin work. This. All right, I'm. I'm going. You just threw me back to that comparison again because I'm sorry. But the way I interpreted it in One Republic was courtesy. It was the the violin work was thrown in there as a courtesy. Right. It's like, oh yes, I, I this seems to be popular among the uh, hipster elites. Well, here, this was a whole breakdown with just the violin being the focus. I, I didn't okay. even notice them right away. Yeah. They were there, adding to the aura of the song before yeah. I even noticed they were there. And then, as I was think, as, once I did notice them much later in the track, I was thinking, huh, I I almost. I almost wish it was a little bit more of that, but oh no, but maybe not, because then again, that would probably have cluttered up exactly what I just said, ruining the whole effect of the gradual, gradually being drawn into her world. And then, they one-upped me, because at the end of the song, the when outro. her voice cuts out, the outro is just gorgeous. This is the and second that, place where I noticed a strong outro. Yeah, exactly. This it, it's a summation. Is what it is. It's yeah. a summation of everything that she had just said in musical form. That's a marriage of uh, theme and music. <laughs> I mean, this like is I've definitely up seen. there with with Honeybee and, and and Thank You for Breaking My Heart as tracks that are so good, so beautiful, and so sad. You're gonna cry. Yeah. Yep. It's almost Toy Story three. Duh. I just watched Toy Story one the other day. Interesting. It's been oh. a while since I've seen Toy Story one. I should. No, this it. this is the best song on the album. Um, For me, bar none, nothing comes close. I would agree best, this, but not my favorite. But it's definitely one of the, skill, skill-wise, it's definitely one of the best this, tracks this, on the record. This I truly I like me. the fact that they have managed to pull me from my doubt. Yeah. This is what I really love about this. It's like, alright, I we've gone through this, who knows how many times, there's always that little bit of a dip where songs obviously cannot be as strong as the songs that you personally attach yourselves to. Right. I mean, you set your own standards. Uh, how can anything reach that? Of course, you did that to yourself. But even while, you know, we make concessions for it being pop, and I know they're trying to reach a wide audience, they do so much else with it around those few tracks. But the beautiful well, thing about a track like um, Hate to See Your Heartbreak is it's got something for the mass consumption pop fans, because it's just pretty. And yeah. then it's got something for the more introspective, this is the analytical music for everything listener. album. And you know what that yeah. crosses into? My favorite category of all, the crisscrossing and bringing, uh, I guess, bringing a little, eh, I don't want to say deeper. I'm not implying that, that pop isn't deep. Uh, yeah. Who, this is the I'm longest category. All right, fine, I'm implying title. it. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is the longest category title I've ever heard. It's true, because I don't have, like, a simple no. title for it. It's a, Chris, right, fine. it's a crisscross album. Yeah. This is, it's bringing something new Criss-cross to people. Jump. Bringing something. It's bringing something new to people who otherwise would not be so inclined to break the wall. Fusion pop. Is that, is that succinct enough for you? Can we that's call it fair. fusion pop? No. Because I think that's no, already it's a thing. Pop fusion. It's not fusion at all, because... Jap fusion? Let's just stop talking. Death fusion. Death pop fusion. Okay. How about that? How about that? Why not? Just why not? 
Jap Death Pop. All right, let's let's um get to the next track, track fourteen. <laughs> the Not beginning, Jap Pop, Jap okay. Death Pop. <laughs> the beginning of the joke trifecta. Parentheses, one of those, and parentheses, crazy girls. This is overly attached girlfriends anthem. So the thing I like about this song, and I didn't realize until I got to the end of the track, was this song is a denial turned into an affirmation. It's the entire song is pretty much her going, I'm not that girl. You know all those crazy chicks? I'm not her, I'm not her. And then by the end of the song she goes... Just because I won't wash the sheets because then your skin smell is gone, I'm not one of those girls. Or the line, as soon as you walk out my door, I'm going to call you a hundred times. But I'm not that girl. It, I, I loved it. And then at the end I of the track, it. it's her repeating over and over, I am oh, one of those oh, crazy no, girls. No, I am one of those. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a realization. And, and, I, and I think it's a great, and it's it's a great very, message. Very boring musically. But lyrically, lots oh, of fun. It was, it was a fun lyric. Lots lyrics. of fun. Fun lyrics, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> musically, musically, it was kind of devoid of any substance, but I think that was playing up what it was Well, because they to wanted to push the lyrics to the forefront, too. I think it was clear that the lyrics were the focal point on this song. My issue is that I didn't know where to place this track. I didn't it, know if it was pop. I didn't know if it was indie. I didn't know if it was... It's 80s indie pop. Punk or rock or alt or what? 80s indie pop? I don't even know. I thought know. we called it punk. I don't even know if I saw the 80s in this one. No, week. that was the, that was uh, track 16. We yeah, no, we're, we're all, I'll get there later. This one, that one I, I actually could place pretty easily. This one, I don't know. No, it was kind of a little outside. Was, it was kind of genreless. Yeah. So actually, considering our previous joke, this is probably the closest thing you're going to get to a fusion track on this album. Everything else is giving you a little bit of everything. This one kind of throws it all in one lump sum. But that kind of diluted the individual aspects of it for me. I agree. Yeah. 100%. That's my issue with it. Um, I think it was also... Let's just start with the beginning here. I liked the whole uh, bathroom acoustic. Yeah, I, I, kind, I kind of wish there was a little <laughs> more of that. that in there. Tile I, rock. Ooh, I like that. Now, that I, has a good ring to it. Tile rock? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can admit that. when John has good ideas there. They're right. few and far between, but when they happen. When they oh, happen, they're big ones. That's it. They're big ones. Tile rock. That should really be a thing. That really should. That'll I, t- I, I think I want to start that band. No, you know what, Steve? It might I, I Steve, a, a if we get to writing that song that I want us to write, yeah. the, for the lyrics that I made, yeah. we should totally write it in the style of tile rock. All right, I'll start thinking in those terms, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for that project. <laughs> Not that well. The best part is we don't even know what tile rock is. So. I'll find out. I'll, yeah. I'll discover it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's kind of like subway rock. Discover your desks. It's subway much. rock, but more enclosed. Actually, yeah. Come to think of it, it that's another good idea. Yeah. That's it. Because it's funny because I was Chuck, just watching. If he I'm, has one more good idea, the world's gonna end. Just while we're on tangent basis, I was just watching a video the other day where Michael Bublé performed in the subway. I heard about that. First time he ever did that, and he said he uh, he said right there after he finished performing the song that it was his biggest dream, and he considered it a, a bigger honor than performing in any of the biggest venues of Paris or London or Athens. Well, that's when you're actually physically putting the music into the people. Yeah. It's not... He said Grand he anthem. actually joked with his backup singers. He said that's when now that's when you know you've made it <laughs> when you're singing in the subway. Which I don't know it might actually offend some people who are singing in the subway and would like to get out of there. Yeah, probably. But, well, um, no, one band. It's, that, still, it's a sweet thought. 
One band Matt mentioned to me that I've been intrigued with recently that I'm trying to get into uh, has done a lot of Subway videos on YouTube, and that's um, You Bred Raptors. Oh, yeah, mm. You Bred Raptors, yeah. Which They're a yeah, fun instrumental band, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a Jurassic Park band, which is kind of different. But their, their Subway work actually really does come to a forefront. It's, it's, it sounds good. It sounds really good. Because it's in the subway. Anyway, back online. Yeah, acoustics. Yeah, let's uh, finish this up. So we'll get. We're now getting to the last interlude track, which is I'm, I'm not, not angry anymore. And she, she obviously wasn't angry anymore. I didn't hear any anger in this song except repeat everything I said with opposite words. <sighs> this was part two of the trifecta. This, oh man, it was almost as angry as moving on. More juxtaposition. Yes. Yeah. So clearly there's a theme within a theme here with all these uh, little entrecs. I mean, she's... I, th- I think that she's intentionally trying to deceive you. Yeah, but at this point... point at this no, no, no. Point, at this point in the record, though, I would have been okay with taking out all of the interludes and putting them on a separate album with three or four more other uke tracks and just making a ukulele album Haley yeah Williams. but remember how in the beginning I was disagreeing with you and yeah. then I agree with you in the middle while I disagree with you here at the end this I think was this great. one worked this Especially, one worked maybe it's cause I was enjoying the context again I guess yeah. it could be it yeah I mean I I see what John's saying about breaking up into like three act play and it does make sense I just I don't know I still felt like they were a little out of place musically well and my big thing about I'm not angry anymore is it went into be alone. Which is essentially her yelling in a punk rock manner at guy number Z. Yeah, I know this I said guy number the, Z. This was the to be alone. You should always be alone. This was the period. Yeah, number Z. Alright. Yeah. She's just, I she's don't like fu- you. She's freaking done. I don't done. want you to be happy. I don't want you to ever find anybody else. Because you hurt me. So you know what? Just be alone. Oh, that's sweet. But she, it, it's so, <laughs> she sings it so not angry. Uh, yeah, you all, you, you, this was so sweet. For a guy like me who really hones in on the music first, it really is kind of a... It's kind of twisting me over a little bit. Because I do want to finish that off saying, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Even though it, I'm not, I'm not really grasping what has just been said. Just, oh, that's sweet. But... I don't I mean, know. I don't know. I feel like Be Alone was kind of disposable still. it was It was a punk rock track, but... I mean, it just wasn't good. Uh, great. It was good, but it wasn't great. I it wasn't like good, it. good. It wasn't good. I good. liked it. Lyrically, fun. Um, not the band. The, I think at this the point, emotion. Yes. It was enjoyable. Uh, I'm all loving the, all the time when once that again, was just I'm, an emotion. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> That's a big thing I got to point to. I, I love the poetry in this album. Let's agree from going forward if we were referring to fun the band, we go fun, period. Because that's their yeah, band that's name. that's true. That it's is the exact... It's fun with a period that's how, that's how they're stylized. So if okay. we don't say period afterwards, we're referring to the emotion. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> moving on. And as I was saying, the poetry in this album is immense. There, There is quite a bit of Not it. Not poetry as in rhyming and everything like that, but poetry as in flow and choice of words. While some of it is forgettable, all of it has a point. So more about it being All of it poetic. has a message. It's in a personal poetry slam kind of manner. It's yeah. not in that far-reaching, um, you know, universal lyrics. It's it's really a message about 
her. It's it's I feel nothing but personal vibes coming from this entire album. And it ends apologetically for all this dumping that she's done on us the listener of I keep trying to move on in my life and I keep getting dragged back. And I keep trying to move on in my life and I keep getting dragged back. Track 17 Future. Did we really it, hash out 16? Did we really hash it out? I think so. I Did mean, you have anything to add? It's a punk track. I mean, there's not much to it. This is the okay. only authentic punk track on the album, so Future. you're right. I'm not really that... Future ends with the lines, and I wrote down a lot of them. Just think of the future and think of your dreams. You'll get away from here. You'll get away eventually. So just think of the future, think of a new life, and don't get lost in the memories. Keep your eye on a new prize. And... It was the finale. It was so nice, so beautiful to just get that message out there. I mean, for me... my be- finish it. The first time I heard this track, I felt like it was very repetitive, the end instrumental bit. But upon a second listen, it wasn't repetitive. It was just... I don't know. I, I, expect, long out- I-, I expect long instrumental outros from Nine Inch Nails, not Paramore. I this would was- like the final word here. Wait, wait. But you I'm going to finish first. This was a seven-minute song with, like, two minutes of lyrics and five minutes of pure instrumentation in two movements. Instrumentation. In two... No. no. Instrumentation. In two movements. That. Let me get my word, and then you get the final word. All right. Go. I'm done. Really? Really? That's it? Yeah. <sighs> Am I pissing you off? I don't know anymore. Okay. All right. I... Absolutely adored this track, though I agree it's not my favorite track on the album. Only because of the rest of the work that was being done. It's very different than everything else. It, uh, to be honest, I was kind of shocked that all of a sudden Paramore became a post rock band. And that's a genre that we don't really touch upon that much, and that I would love to touch upon more of it. Um, it was very raw, very gritty. It was just not something I expected from Paramore. Fair enough. But I felt like, thematically, as John just said, it did really provide the perfect period at the end of this sentence. It's a very long, drawn-out, personal sentence. I can agree with that. Like I said, it just seemed something more indicative of Nine Snails, not Paramore, so it threw me a little bit. I felt like this was an autobiography. The album? And, yeah. And the ending felt like... That last chapter. It's a, it's, a, this is, it's a this is my life in music. Mm. And I, I couldn't agree uh, more with that analysis. It oh, is the an theme is very strong. The, the theme is very strong on this record. It's clearly, from, I mean, we've said, I've said several times that it's from the heart and that does make it very autobiographical. In fact, the last album I can think of emotionally that was this autobiographical and it reminds me of it. It's a different female singer's elite uh, band led by a female singer was... Um, no doubt. Tragic Kingdom was one of those records that was clearly from the heart. 90% of that record was about her breakup with Tony, the bass player. And it poured out in every song on that record. And that's very apparent here. Feels all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I have very good associations with this whole post-rock uh, atmosphere. They could not have left me, personally. Paramore could not have left on a better note. For me. This is what I, I would love to see them even move in that direction. Like, if this album as a whole is growing up 
is reaching maturity, is leaving a lot of that, a lot of the past behind. I think that would be the perfect direction for them. Indie, we have said this before, is kind of wrapping itself up. It's blending into alt lately. Musically, I feel like this would be the logical direction for them. Sir, and I, I, I'd be, I'd be listening very actively. They originally, it's... I admit, like aside from the catchy element, they were somewhat of a passive, you know, a bit of a side band. Yeah, I love Paramore when I hear them on, but it's not something that I would like actively after. pursue. I, they it, have just told me. They just told me to do it. They've won me over at the end of this album. It's tantalizing that it's both called Futures, ends it, and is delivering such a powerful message. Yes. About the fu- their future and future in general. And yeah. looking towards the future and enjoying said future and going for that new prize. I mean... And also, the fact that you just called it an autobiography and the title of the album is... Power More. Yeah, I mean... It, I don't, I don't think impressive. I'm stretching here. No, I don't. definitely I not. really don't. Um... Let's do the wrap-up, unless you have more to add, Steve. Uh, you just wanna... I love Future, and I would call it a five-star song if, 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 if I guess... Oh, I can't even say it. I, I, I want to hear the next album. I can't even say it. I can't. It's on the cusp. It's on the cusp. Um, both message, placement, meaning, it's... it's yeah, it's, contextually, We it's use on the, the word cusp. meta, this is the song for the word. I'll start. Oh, okay. Uh, first time I heard this album, I was by myself, driving in my car, did not enjoy it. Did not enjoy it fully. Heard it a second time, heard an amazing album. While nothing, I think, hits five star for me, we're talking upper echelons here on so many of these songs, but nothing fully culminates on every aspect besides, uh hate to see your heartbreak to some extent grow up and to some extent last hope it, it it's not quite there but it gets so close lyrics while some forgettable all of it is is enjoyable music while some as i said typical a little bit standard always enjoyable Story, theme, arc, amazing. There were no tracks that you blatantly didn't like, right? No tracks I blatantly didn't like. In fact, I love the interludes. I thought they were appropriate. They felt like curtain down scene change. And it felt great to have something so different breaking up this album. Because too much at once would have overloaded me, to be honest. Um, Mm. I felt like I watched Paramore or Girl A or whoever this is supposed to represent grow from a 16-year-old girl into a woman. That's an amazing feat. It is. And it's just musically not quite there, so four. This is a four-star album. I was going to go three, three, five, three, seven, five, but honestly, it's four. It's strong enough. So I had a similar experience with John. I had listened to it in the car. Um, as well, and when I first heard it, I thought it was okay. You know, I thought it was I thought it was above a bit above average. But upon more a, uh, a more analytic ear, and giving it a closer listen this time around, I really did find aspects of Paramore that I love from the previous records. And though I still personally feel as a full record, brand new brand new eyes was better. This is definitely better than I initially thought it was. Um, 
Great lyrics from the heart. I mean, as far as emotional spectrum goes, Haley Williams is a writer like Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 and um, Tyler something or other from, uh, oh no, Tyson from All American Rejects. It's clear that this is a very personal album. This is from the heart. It's very emotional. And even if it's not specifically just from Haley, if it's representing the entire band, which wouldn't be surprising considering the title, I think that it definitely reaches... It's on its way to the next level. I agree with Steve. Their next album is going to be the album to watch. I really feel. Because this is the growth. Just like we said with American All American Rejects, the same thing. That album was a progression of growth. Their next album is going to be the one to watch because they're growing towards something. And they already grew up so much. Yeah. And so that's definitely the same case with this band, this album by Paramore. So I give it a 4 as well. I think it's it was going to be a 3-5 for me, but after just really grasping the emotional connection to the record, which I didn't get at first in the car, but I got this time around when we listened to it again today. It really pulled pulled me up with it. I really just, I really like it, and I think there's a lot of positivity, growth, and sadness in it to make it a full, well-rounded ad- album. And actualized potential. Yes. So mm. 4, 4.0 for me as well. All right. I like the fact... That they took me from fun to deep. Mm. That's a very interesting feat. Because I don't get that too often. Usually, <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. Usually a lot of bands go from fun to disappointment. I'm just going to say that out. Some bands, the better of them, keep, keep it at fun. And keep it at fun throughout. Uh, because let's face it, sometimes... You just do want to have fun when you're listening to music. You don't always want anything introspective. Sometimes you're looking for stuff to really drag you away from it. Uh, and far- Power, I had seen Paramore in that light, interestingly. Not not to imply that her her or her lyrics or, or their being was in any way shallow. It just felt like they were, they were operating on more of a... Uh, how to put it? Just more of a standardized level. They were having fun as a band, and I can have nothing but respect for that. This was my impression. And they moved it progressively through all these different stages. But they did have dips along the way. I did get the pop. I did get some moments where I could see it in either way. I could see it as a callback to their past. I could see it as a callback to youth. I could see that as as working uh, within the theme as a reference to uh, to juvenile nature in some way, both of the characters she's talking about, or probably a real person. If we're actually talking about that, this is an autobiography. It could very well be a real person, but we might not know that. So that leaves me with the end. They left me on a very very positive note, and because of that, considering it was going back and forth, waning. I still felt that there was an overall unifying theme that tied it all together. Because of that, I know it's at a four, but I kind of want to give it the A plus a little bit. I think I'm going to hike it up to a four point... Four point one. I know it sounds silly, but I'm, 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 I'm putting it there. Okay. Four point one. It's like an A plus, and I'm, I'm treating it like such. That's it. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. I if, think... if a four is an A, what's a five? An S for super? Uh, or E for excellent? That's too complex. Oh. 
we, we, we can't talk about that yet. I'm getting way too deep. If, if, if you know too much, we'll have to kill you. You and your freaking decimals. <laughs> well, all of our ratings have decimals. I prefer fractional representation. Fractions <laughs> are more accurate. Anyway. Yes, could, yes yeah. they are. Yes. So, uh, so, so overall, definitely exceeded expectations for sure. Um, and I'm, I, I'm with it, Steve, though. I'm really interested to see what they do next. It didn't just exceed expectations. It took my expectations, met them, and then I heard it again, and then it exceeded them. Yeah. That was the whole thing. It was, this, it was that first not pay attention listen, which really didn't do it justice. Yeah. The passive listening hurt it. This one, I feel like you have to focus on the active nature of it. To see the the full theme of the album, because honestly, I cannot throw this on random. I'm not really gonna be picking out songs from it. Yeah, this is a full record. As a whole, is what it is a full it. record. Yeah. Do you people four point two five? Ah, all right. A Something quarter. closer to four fractional. and a quarter. Four and a quarter. That makes sense. Four and a quarter would be in the upper echelon if it was not for those pop tracks, of which there are only three. But it broke it up a bit. I had to, they had to reel me back. They succeeded in such, but right. you know. Actually, this was pop I work. enjoyed, so I didn't even. Yeah, even so, so you know, hey. It was the fact that the music wasn't you know super special. It wasn't super inventive. I feel they are excellent writers, excellent composers, but I don't feel that they are particularly ingenious in that aspect of their instruments. But they're giving me the inclination that they have that potential. Which is, yes. And it appears in the moment-by-moment basis, which I respect. I, I respect it enough that there's, there's enough going on here. You know, I'm, I'm sticking with my reading. Okay. Yeah. If it was really as what you said, then it would be 4.5+. plus. That's the thing. No, yeah, I, no? I, I think... and. It's one. This is definitely one of those albums that that isn't. I don't feel is very imp- open to interpretation. I feel it pretty much has an arc. It it very much. This is what this is. Take it or leave it. And and I I took it. I think it was great. I think that there's an emotional connection here. <laughs> I took it. I let it happen to me. <laughs> Harkening back to last week's uh, post album discussion, this was that a bit standard. Poetry, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, done to an amazing level. Yeah. It, there wasn't. Yes, actually, that's. That's, that's perfect kind of I'd perfect to describe it, yeah. I would agree as well. Yeah. That's I, my third That's my third one. You're getting too good, man. This is like saying. I'm gonna have to put you back where you belong, man. Oh, we'll just get him stoned and he'll be fine. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Liar. Except on weekends. Not as far as this podcast is concerned. And weekdays. That's true. Reputable. <laughs> What's today? Today a weekday or a weekend? Never mind. Don't answer that. No, nah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Just um, schedule this out. <laughs> oh uh, lord. Anywho, next week. Um. Next week, because we're running a little late, and all of us are thoroughly exhausted. I'll be quiet, Steve. Uh, He's making emotes. He's emoting all over the place. I gotta go clean it up later. Uh, what do we have next week, Steve? Next week, we have The Invisible Way by Low. The reason I'm choosing Low, I, I was actually dithering between two bands here, either Low or Phoenix, both of which are very, very different bands. The only reason I did not choose Phoenix next week is because Phoenix is sort of an upbeat band, and they have certain similarities to Paramore. I don't know if anyone would take that the wrong way or not, but I wanted to break it up a bit. I wanted to send us down the rabbit hole. I want to get 
quiet, I want to get soft, I want to really dive into the introspective, and Lowe will provide, I have faith in this. Is How many records has Lowe had before this? So one? many. Oh, really? There's a lot? They've... So many. Are they? Uh, uh... They've been around since the 90s. Okay. Um, they make lots of music. It looks like an average of almost one per year, if not more. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I At don't know. I don't know about. I don't know, about, no, I don't know about one per year, but they, no, do have, they do have a lot of EPs. A so lot they, of EPs. They could be. Uh, it it almost looks like they try to do two or three. And it's EPs funny because I don't know that I've album. heard anything by them. Although maybe I know them and just haven't realized. Oh. I have heard them, and I feel like we're going to be staring at our navels next week, oh, which might be fun. That's oh, a no, reference. I'm, That's a reference. why I'm excited for it. Um, and this is a band I've actually been bugging Steve to get on. Because he's been talking about it quite a bit, and I've been bugging him off yeah, well, the air. Well, Lowe was, Lowe was introduced to me hey, by... Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey. Lowe came out with a new album. Hey. When are you going to pick it? Pick it. Pick it. I was kind of bothering him about it. Yeah, so clearly you're more invested than I... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. The thing is, it's one of those bands I, I've been comfortable with the discography that I have. I've, I've, I haven't been watching them closely. I'm just kind of... I'm curious. I saw them in concert once, and they were phenomenal. What Absolutely of, phenomenal. What type of music do they do? Slowcore. Interesting. Explain slowcore to the listenership. It's slow, but it has a grittiness to it. Hence the hardcore you'd otherwise hear, but it's not very hard. It's slow. It's gritty notes that last for hours upon hours? Oh, not to that extent, no. It's it's. But if I were going to exaggerate about it? Uh, which you usually do. Yes, I do. John's a good exaggerator. Uh, I do it all the time. To a certain audience, I imagine that this is a band that could seem like it drags. Okay. But if you're focused, and if you feel what they're saying, I think it's uh, very easy to get into. What were you talking about before, Matt, about me doing weekly that I don't do anymore? <laughs> you're trying to ask me to remember something I said like an hour ago? Or five minutes ago. I don't even remember. Neither do I. Steve, do you have an email for us? Yes, I do. Excellent. Is it somebody important this week? Probably not. Like a prince asking for our bank account? Do you just want to hear the name first? Yes. Yes. Exoplilix. <laughs> Sounds like a Superman villain. Yeah. Exoplilix. Exoplilix. And what's the comment? You produce some decent points there. I looked on the internet for the concern and I identified most individuals will go along with along with your webpage. Now the interesting thing here is that he, he mentioned, he, she, it, whatever, mentioned you produced some decent points there and I had to look at what the comment was, was on. on. What was it on? Sorry there's no podcast this week. Wow. <laughs> Wait. Not an article, not a podcast. Apparently, I made good points in my post that stated, oh, sorry, we have no podcast this week, which happened to be our Passover episode. Oh, I made that, good points there. No, no, that was the one when you punned it up. Oh, yeah, I did have a lot of puns. Which so are, some... pun, are puns points? Now they are. Apparently, they're pun points. Or point puns. Through the looking glass we go. Brother. Yeah. I'm looking Where forward to thou? going down the rabbit hole next week, because that'll be next week. No, I'm gonna now. do. I'm gonna watch Wizard of Oz, uh, and Alice in Wonderland, and I'll think of a third like oh oh Fear and Loathing, and totally mess myself up before I listen to Low. 
Wow. <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, oh, brother I mean, is they're right. not trippy. <laughs> you know, that's not no, exactly No, i trip myself me. out and then need something to calm me down. Well, on that bombshell of John putting himself in a acid-ridden, drunken haze, hopefully he'll be here next True week. True story. I was on hallucinogenics the first time I saw Fear and Loathing. I'm shocked. I'm sure you're the only person to ever do that also. <laughs> not for your first time. I thought I was in it. It was terrible. we might as well just wrap it up on that point you guys know how to reach us please reach out to us um but not in the way that the people who actually normally reach out to us are made of robots and everything like that and just comment on weird things reach out to us in a normal way made of robots like robots that that make up other robots like nanobots that live in the cracks and grow and become grow the nanobots grow the nano grow the nanobots in the cracks Anyway, um, they become giants. As always, guys, music is life, and, and life, life is, is good. good.